You're a nice guy, but, you know, I'm just here to sort of provide Starker relief and, you know, <laughs> make your jokes funnier, make Stark your... Stark relief better. or Starker relief? Stark. <laughs> so I get, took a licking, but it kept on ticking. Starker, played by King Moody. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, for those Get Smart fans. Starker, he was a great Starker, character. Starker, yes. Starker. Mate, we're showing our we, age. This is chaos. We don't... Yeah. Right. Joe, you've got to take that out. That's... Um, we just lost anybody under 40. Thanks to Crime Alt, this is Radio Brews News, the number 31 ranked podcast in the category of food in Australia. I am your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me from our Brisbane studios is Matt, the Bintang Effect Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. <laughs> Good morning, Prof. How are you? Uh, yeah, mate, oh. uh, sorry, thank you for throwing in. Uh, it was just something that I discovered this week about, um, it's very hard to get any data on your podcast and I just found this little site that apparently ranked that lists the ranks of different categories in iTunes and apparently we're in the food category we're number 31 in that food category so the the, the ones above us are all food so it's not food and beverage I, I would have thought that, that there'd be like a food and beverage category well uh, no 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 there's I, I did, not I didn't but, think but I think beer would be big enough to sort of have its own category but it would be a subcategory but that's nice that like because I would think, um, and I listen to a couple of food-based, uh, you know, like food history and interesting things about food yep. um, podcasts, but I don't, but I'm not aware of any Australian ones. Or is it all podcasts that are available and listened to in Australia, or is it Australian? No, no, it, 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 it's podcasts that are downloaded in Australia. So, oh, okay, like right. Anton, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Moore, um, Elton? El- Elton, Elton Brown, Elton Brown, <laughs> Elton Moore. <laughs> this shows what I know. Elton Brown. Um, yeah, so like he's on the list. Jamie yeah, Oliver's Ministry of Food. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, so, so there, and, and yeah, it's like there's a whole lot of you know, food is um, such a big thing. You know, hence the, the Master Chef effect has made food a very, very big thing. Um, so yeah, like I, I didn't realize that we were. Did in the you food. just make up the Master Chef effect, or did you steal that? <laughs> let's, let's more of that, that later. More of that Go later. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, and so uh, I just sort of um, was scrolling down and saw us. Um, you know, Brews News. Um, there's a really good homebrew podcast out of the States that uh, we've actually spoken to him before very, very early on, or we featured on his podcast um, that's above us. But in terms of Australian beer podcasts, um, yeah, we're, we're the highest ranked Australian beer podcast, which is uh, very, very exciting considering, you know, all of those food podcasts are very broad reach. And the MasterChef effect means that, you know, food is something that's very trendy and we're a little bit niche. That uh, yeah, I, I was very surprised, but very flattered. So thank you, listeners. Um, thank you for downloading us, and uh, uh, we couldn't. Thanks do for your this support. That's you. enough. Yeah, that's enough trumpet blowing. Hmm. Making it news this week. There's uh, not a lot has happened um, apart from you know the announcement we're number thirty one, uh, but we're going to look at a couple of interesting stories this week. Um, kicking off with um, how good is a brewery? Like um, Megan wrote a beautiful story this week about uh, breweries and how they add to suburban amenity. And, and that was from a, derived from the Real Estate Institute of Australia president. Yeah, well, it was actually a story that Megan and I had kicked around for a while because I've noticed that, you know, once you get out of the inner city 
breweries. Um, we, we are starting to see breweries pop up in the suburbs. And, you know, in, in Brisbane, for example, you've got Ballistic, and Ballistic opened, and uh, out in Salisbury, there weren't any pubs. It's not really a cafe culture area, um, and so people really just But, but neither in. is it industrial, is it? So is that the sort of thing that we're looking at? Like- well, they're in, a, in, in an industrial pocket <clears throat> within a suburban um, area. So, yeah, because you can't right. just sort of pop up in the middle of a, like in a house in the middle of the, the, the city. No. So they're a little um, semi-industrial pocket within the suburb, but... When they opened, you know, suddenly the, everyone that lived in the area, um, you know, was talking about how fantastic it is that there's a, a brewery there. Um, a little bit the same, uh, all in brewing up at Banyo, tucked in in a little suburban um, industrial pocket within a, um, a, yep. a little bit of an out of, out of the way suburb. Yep, the public brewery down here in uh, outer suburban Croydon. Um, is probably um, as far as far out as you you know before you get into sort of you know the Yarra Valley and yep. um, Hillsville and those sorts of things. And Quiet Deeds is about to open up in Glen Iris, which is sort of I guess you know halfway between that and the city. Yep. And but all of those things are fascinating. So I was just sort of looking at it. You know, um, when you go out to uh, All In. Um, Harley and his team just you know really passionate you know so sort of really getting in there they've they, and they've got a bit of a pig of a brewery you know the beers can be a little bit variable they, when you know, when they're good they're good but you know just what, what the consistency is something they work um, with on their system but the fact that they were part of their community um, really gave them a, a big updraft and so I've so watched them develop and grow based on being a hub for a while and so Megan and I were kicking around story ideas and I said look I wonder if there's anything to this I wonder whether real estate agents um, go out and say look we've got a brewery in the neighborhood when they're trying to sell whereas a house. before they might have coffee shop kind or of forgotten to mention that because because it, it's fair to say that there, there has been and and you know stories abound of, of people who you know um, Cavalier when they first opened up had a lot of trouble with the uh, the local council um, where they wanted to to put the brewery, so they moved it to another one. Yeah. Um, a, as a result of you know the actively, uh, I guess um, not animosity towards them, but there's I guess that you know we're happy to have a, a mechanics workshop or something like that, but oh you know the smells and the alcohol and drunk people we don't want we don't want breweries. All of, and, and all of that. Nice to see it's changing. Yeah, and, and, and we actually, and actually, after I wrote that story, and I'd had it with um, Ballistic in mind um, because I knew that they were a big part of their, their local community. Um, they weren't featured in the article, but you know, Megan went off. So we kicked around the idea. Megan went off and got the, um, you know, what was it, the head of the Australian Planning Institute? Uh, what, what is he? Malcolm Real Estate Institute of Australia. So no, no goose. Um, talking about it, and he's actually got a commercial agency in Surrey Hills um, and was talking about the how valuable it is. Surrey Hills in Melbourne or Surrey Hills in Sydney? Uh, Surrey Hills, Sydney. Did it, what so the I one s- without, without an E. Yes, yes. No, because there's two Surrey Hills. Ah, okay, okay. So, yes, yeah, Surrey Hills, uh, Sydney, you know, in, in, in that sort of uh, inner west, I believe. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so Megan just came up with a cracker of a story um, where people, you know, saying, yeah, it is actually a thing. And... Um, Coincidentally, I was speaking to uh, Dave Kitchen from Ballistic afterwards and uh, just having a yarn to him about the story. And he said, yeah, we had a real estate agent recently ran a property ad for a house that was a bit of a dog. And he mentioned its proximity to Ballistic Brewing. Um, so, mm. yeah, and, you know, like in, in terms of lobbying, um, you know, council to maybe make things a little bit easier for breweries, which is something that we might come to in this episode, I, I think they have been a little bit, 
gun shy about, as you said, it's industrial. There are going to be smells. The smell of a brewery is actually pretty nice. There's probably concerns with, you know, like um, discharge of trade waste and, and all that sort of thing in the same way that they would have, you know, for, for other industrial kind of effects. But, it, but but if they start seeing that, yeah. that, that it's actually great for social amenity, then just that subtle mindset might change a little bit um, in, in, in the way that they look at this. So they might be a little bit more willing to work with them rather than just keep saying, you know, setting hurdles that you need to get over, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah, let's actually make it easy because we're, we're realising that this is actually not a bad amenity to, you know, adds adds to the amenity of the, the local area. Yeah, it gives people a reason to come here, you know, sort of creates that sense of community. And again, it's one of the reasons why, you know, you talked about that the fear is that there are going to be drunks, there are going to be, you know, street, you know, issues on the street and uh, all, of, you know, all of the negatives um, that come with alcohol. And I, I think that's a very real fear. And I, I think when you go to, you know, I'm talking about my, my own backyard, you know, you've got Revel, you've got Green Beacon, you've got Ballistic, you've got All In, um, you've got Slipstream, um, you've got Helios, all of these little breweries that are in the suburbs. And, you know, there, there is just no story of there being street problems that would make councils gun shy of them. Um, yeah. and, and, and it's just one of the things that, you know, when I, you know, sometimes I sort of talk about calling beer alcohol booze or beer booze and some of those things, that there, there really is an, an impact that the perception of beer has much more broadly um, that can really make it hard for the industry to grow. Um, and if we can focus on some of those positives, I think it's an awesome thing. So, yeah, I was, thought it was a great story from Megan. And, uh, yeah, it's a, a really great, um, really positive uh, way to, to, to look at craft breweries. Yeah, it's also just reminded me of something that popped up in my feed this week. We haven't discussed it off air, but um, were you involved in the like, was it like a roundtable discussion or a um, like a Queensland brewery chat out at Range Brewing this week? Yeah, no. So the IBA was in town. The IBA, uh, yeah. And uh, so Alexis uh, Reutman um, was up, and so we had a lot of the members of the IBA at uh, Range Brewing and had a couple of presentations, including our good friend uh, Dermot Omorda. Um, hello, Dermot, who's a regular listener. Um, I'll tell you what, Prof, we seem to have launched him upon the uh, on the world a little bit. I can't remember you know, him being so on anyway, a... He's out of the shadows. and Isn't he? You know, we, we want a spotter's fee. <laughs> when other people well, start taking him... For you know, panel discussions. Panel discussions, and now the IBA is inviting him, you know, sort of up to sort of present. And I, I, I can't think of, um, you know, I, I'd bumped, I, I'd met him sort of through a couple of other conversations. Yeah, when we were looking at a at, at a discussion panel, um, and he was sort of such great talent, so knowledgeable and and everything. And uh, so yeah, I, you, you don't want to. It's a unique perspective that he does have. Yes. Uh, and for those who who haven't uh, heard Dermot talk or, or listen to him here on the podcast or at um at our uh, our trade panel discussions, um, Endeavour Drinks Group sort of supplies or you know curates beer for for some of the bigger breweries, and and Dermot is craft is is sort of his his bag. Um, and it's a unique insight into you know what the the big chains how like how they see our product versus how we see our product so he's dealing with the small independent brewers who are trying to get their their wares onto shelves he's also dealing with you know the big box stores if you like who are who are wanting to 
to sell, you know, stock something that they think is going to sell, uh, and that interesting sort of juxtaposition, um, and and having that, I guess, an eye on each or a foot in each can, um, is a, a valuable asset to the to the community. Mm. But he's also and he's working with a lot of brewers to. Um, you know, lift the quality of their beer and yeah. so look at things yeah. like what you need use to do. by dates. And, and he also yeah. calls shenanigans on this idea that, you know, some people, um, you know, hello, Greg Cook, um, have been pushing about, you know, they've only got a 12-month date on it because they've been told by the big retailers that they have to. Um, and that's not actually quite quite um, what their position is. So, yeah, it seemed to be a lot of people there. But yeah, so so there was, and um, including the senior policy advisor for the Queensland government, uh, who flagged that probably this time next week, Prof will be talking about the uh, launch of the craft beer strategy for Queensland. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah. Well, we'll we'll wait and see. Or is I'm a, well, I'm a little because bit... so. What are we up to so far? There's been um, a planning meeting to discuss the no no okay. So so there was a the brewdog announcement. Planning. There was the Brewdog announcement um, where the Queensland government trumpeted that they'd lured this uh, major brewery to Brisbane. And how good was it? And how good was it? And then suddenly um, it was pointed oh, out to them. Oh, we have that, some of our own. Yeah, we, we, we've got some breweries here. And uh, very shortly after that, there was a, the announcement that we're going to have. We've, we're, we're announcing a plan to create a strategy um, around craft beer and so then we've had the uh the last six so months so it's fair to say there's a lot of talk and no walk yet there, well and 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 that's the fear because there's been a six month um you know and then i've seen a copy of the deloitte or whatever the consultants were um you know and the very first page and a half was about the social ills and negatives of alcohol and how that needs to be considered which to me, rings alarm bells because one of the number one things that the local brewers want is parity with wine around the permit system, um, so they can go out to, you know, trade shows and or actually festivals, festivals or... and things like that, and operate under their yeah. own license. So Farmers have, markets, yeah, uh, all, all of that, which wineries um, can just rock up anywhere um, and sell a glass of wine. Um, under their under their existing license, they don't have to do anything. They don't need any approvals. They can just rock permits up. Yep. Or, yeah. Um, they've they've got a satellite cellar door license, so you know. Which which got... is not unfair. We're not bagging wine, no, but no. it's unfair if a similar um, alcoholic beverage can't do the same thing. Yeah. Well, we've got the ridiculous situation in Queensland where uh, a couple of months ago I did the Sunshine Coast show, and craft brewers have supposedly, in the Queensland government's eyes, the same rights as winemakers, but legislation that they operate under is completely different. So um, if you make cider, you can just rock up, sell your cider. If you've got beer, um, you've got your permit, but you can only give away a 50 mil sample or you can sell like a a six pack or a carton to take away. To take home, yeah. Which, you know, doesn't like, unless you're selling a lot and, you know, wineries don't sell a lot of cartons of wine to take home. They might sell the old bottle here and they make some money from, to cover the cost of being no, the but they'll place. sell thousands of litres of wine by the glass. and Well, maybe not thousands, but they, they'll, they'll recoup Prosecco. their expense, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. brewers have to give it away. And um, so they've got that perm- permission to be able to sell takeaways. Um, but we, we were at the uh, Sunshine Coast show. The, the brewers were there. They couldn't just sell. They had to get this special permit that the, the show had to get for them. And then licensing put as a condition of that permit so they could sell their beers they actually said you cannot sell takeaways so the queensland government saying breweries have got this permit that lets them sell takeaways you know takeaways is in a six-pack to take home 
but then if they actually try and use it, the liquor licensing imposed a condition that you can't sell takeaways. And at one stage, the security guards came over me and said, oh, you've got to stop your guys from selling takeaways. And so I said, they're not. And it turned out it was the cider guy who was sitting right next to a brewery. The, 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 the brewers couldn't sell anything in glass. They couldn't sell anything in for takeaway. But they were, they were right next to a winery who was selling um, a, a cider. Six packs of selling, cider. Well, s- selling open bottles of cider that you could walk around drinking in a glass bottle. Oh, okay. And then also yeah. takeaways. And you know they just assumed, because they saw the amber bottle, that it was the brewers. So there was this nonsensical situation in Queensland where uh, you know a business can be right beside another one selling uh, you know an eight percent cider, and you can't sell a five percent beer in under the same conditions. So anyway, that, that was a very long so, way of so explaining this, the problem. So this week it will be the the strategy will finally be revealed. Yeah, and and we'll find out um, what it is. But the, the the red flag that flew for me was I was at the meeting. I don't think he realised there was a journalist in the room, and he sort of talked about you know how awesome it is and you know how Queensland employs 1,700 people directly in the beer industry, um, which is incidentally um, more people than are employed in Lion nationally, um, uh, you know, to, to make wow. you know, one-tenth yeah. of one percent of the, the, the craft beer that's consumed. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. so and, and then I just sort of piped up and said, oh, so you, are you going to change the permit system? And he kind of didn't know who I was and I think he's, there was always a brewery. He said, oh, you breweries need to stop thinking, comparing yourself to the wine industry. And I'm going, oh, hello, hello. <laughs> That doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, why would we want to compare ourselves to an industry that the Queensland government has spent ten to fifteen million dollars promoting and making easy? But anyway, so this this time next week, uh, I, I could be up, you know, climb the bell tower, wildly firing <laughs> pot shots at, uh, you know, <laughs> anyone. Who, no, well, not a wineries. Good luck to them. But you know, the the, the Queensland government, you know, uh, we'll wait. And so see. will you will you be there at the announcement, or is it, it like, is there a, a media? opportunity well, or is well, it just he, going to be released as a well here's, here's the other thing so you know, the, the green paper or whatever the... the the government has released a draft copy to the career mail which is the national you know, under embargo so they can go out and develop their story the journal is phoning brewers contacting them to get their take on the craft beer strategy none of the brewers have seen the strategy so the leading newspaper is doing a story and asking for quotes from people that haven't seen the strategy um, which to me, again, another um, alarm bell because at this stage, the brewers are sort of still saying, well, we want to work with the government so that no one's going to say anything negative. Um, and so the paper's going to drop their story um, and you'll, you'll get all of the discussion based on the Courier Mail story. And it won't be until after that comes out that brewers are actually going to know what's in the strategy. And if they suddenly go, hold on, this isn't what we were told. Um, they, you know, there'll be uh, the, the story's already out there, and they've said nice things about a strategy that they haven't even seen. So, a few alarm bells um, being rung at the moment, fair to say. But we'll, mm. you know, we'll, we'll just sort of wait and see. Uh, maybe I'm being. But too we simple. can only hope. Let, let's, you know, let's let's be, you know, schooner half full. Oh, and, just, and, uh, and we have to be. Yeah. Hope for the best. In the garden, what a garden. Brews News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer. With over 100 craft beers and ciders on the roster and counting, Brewpack specialises in offering growing craft breweries a home for their packaged and kegged beer, no matter how crafty. Serious about handmade beers, and with an open-door policy, Brewpack's brewers love having passionate, hands-on partners in the brewery. Thinking about craft contract brewing? Think Brewpack. 
And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible. Speaking of great things uh, and beer and Brisbane, I hear tell you may have been at um, the opening of a new brewery that, quote unquote, will change the way that people use that area of the Brisbane CBD. Absolutely, and I started it. Uh, Sorry, I was trying to quote you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I said something Without, along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and look, it was one of those things. So yeah, Pete, as you you know, like the the, the worst way to you know review anything um, is when you're invited gush. along to a tourism for mill. Oh well, no, gush. But you know, when you go along to a tourism for mill, you're with Bob. You know, the brewer, he's showing you, you know, you're tasting the beers. Bob's a lovely guy. You know, you're sort of not paying for it. You're being, you know. How, how good is this? What could how, how good is it? What, go wrong? Yeah. And, and, and so, like, <laughs> how could I not say lovely things about this? Yeah, so so you're always a little bit um, sort of wary of, you know, not drinking the Kool-Aid um, uh, when you do that. Um, but, you know, the, the Howard Smith Wharves development under the Story Bridge, anyone that knows the river, you've got the Riverside Precinct, which is right on the river, looking across to the Kangaroo Point Cliffs. A little bit further along, it was just a desolate industrial area, that old wharves that used to be that, that are under the Story Bridge. This has been a long time coming. They started talking about a brewery there about five or six, seven years ago. Um, finally, it opened yesterday. And, you know, like, you just can't help but gush. Um, you know, and... Quite it's apart. called Felons, for those who don't know. The, the brewery is called Felons. The name yet. Yeah, okay. Felons is the brewery. It's part of the Howard Smith Wharves development. It's the first of the like the tenants to open, isn't it? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of big convention centres. There's some restaurants. There's you know a, a couple of different precincts. Fair to say though that this like you and I um, were lucky enough to go down and have a bit of a, a look around. But did you and I go down? No, no, we didn't go down together. Um, I've, been, I've been down with Alistair Robbie from the Post Project. We went and uh, we went and had a look through. Uh, when it was sort of concrete was laid and it was just about to become a brewery. Yeah. Um, I thought you and I went down there. Maybe we just we just spoke about it. Um, well, but yeah, hard hats and high beers. And, it, and it, it, it's um, like the whole precinct is just going to – This is it, it's fair to say that this is kind of like the the flagship or the keystone or whatever the, you know, the like the anchor tenant. Yeah. Will so, this be so the one that very kind of brings much the showpiece, yeah. a lot of people down? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, and, and so it's a, it, it's an interesting, it's a, it's a beautiful development. And the, the, the comment I made about changing the way people use the city is that anyone that's been to Brisbane knows you've got the CBD. You know, Brisbane's a bit of a sleepy town. You've got the river. Um, the city for a long time turned its back on the river. Um, you know, the, the brown snake, as it's called. Um, uh, you've got South Bank parklands that are a real showpiece. And so people go down there, but the river runs past them, but... Apart from a couple of little precincts, you don't have to be part. You know, you can really be blissfully unaware. Unaware of the, that of the there's river. a river there. Yeah, yeah. And there are a couple of restaurants, and then you've got the Riverside Centre, um, and suddenly you've got this precinct that was in a completely desolate area that no one ever. Um, you know, you would pass through to get to the Riverwalk, um, but it was something that you, you pass through. And even since this place has been being built i've had a lot of people in the city to say oh no one's going to go there it doesn't have a city cat terminal you know the city cat terminal is 600 meters um down the down the way and you're going 600 meters really um if this is good enough like i'd walk 600 meters you know to, mm. to get there and it just so city cat for those who don't know because i don't is that like a um a river taxi kind of they're those ferries you know the, yeah those big the catamarans or the um, power cats that run up and down the river. Um, I'll have okay. to take you on one, Prof, one day. It's now open to the public? It's open to the public. Or was this it's just, just a, 
No, well, it, it, um, media launch yesterday, then you know, soft opening, um, and then today it opens uh, in full fury. Um, yep. But it's a six hundred. Talk, talk us through the beers, because at the end of the day, that's what we're interested in. Okay, well, before I do that, so one of the reasons it really activates the space is that the whole area is licensed. Um, it's an eight hundred metre um, precinct that, that complete eight hundred metres of river frontage. Sorry, not knocking things over. Um, I'm, I'm speaking with my hands. I was sort of drawing the picture. Hope you can see that, listeners. Um, you can certainly hear it. And uh, the whole area is licensed. So you can buy a beer in Felons or at any of the other establishments. And there's you know, sort of parkland. There's seating right along it. There's um, you know, outdoor tables. There's covered areas. And you can just take it and sit anywhere, um, which, oh God, they're almost treating people like grown-ups. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, and so and so the brewery sits right under the Story Bridge, in this big high-roofed tin shed. It's unair-conditioned. So it's it's literally right underneath the pylon on the, the northern side. Uh, northern Northern so, Bank. So yeah. for those, so, so most people probably know the Story Bridge Hotel. It's got it's on the other side of the river. Other side Asia. of the river. Yeah, that's the south side of the river. Um, this is the north side, and it just sits under there. And so it's this big old um, wharf shed that they've that they've uh, built it into. And the you know, in one sense, there's from a business point of view, there is part of this brewery that doesn't make sense because the shed runs lengthways along the river. Half of the venue, half of the inside of the venue, is the bar um, that you can go inside, sit in. There's a restaurant. But then the other half of this warehouse is actually the brewery. So you've got this, oh, geez, it must be 20 metres by 20 metres, so 400 square metres of what could have been prime retail consumer space sitting there looking out along the river that's occupied by stainless steel. The brewers have got the best view in the country um, for, for, for where they work because it's all glass fronted. So if you're walking along this narrow uh, boardwalk area, you're looking in and seeing the brewery when that would have been prime retail space. Um, but it, it, make, it puts the brewery right in the middle of this amazing precinct. Um, and to me, that sort of showed, you know, the, the, there was something very interesting there because they could have hidden the... It's a gutsy the, call. Yeah, they could have hidden the stainless steel out the back and had all of the retail, you know, sort of oriented the, the whole thing the other way and had much more riverfront retail space. But they didn't, and yeah, you know, and that, that says a lot about the way that they've gone about this development. I think, and uh, well, it also then encourages people to, you know, like grab a beer and then go outside, and you know, if it's a nice day, and enjoy the the amenity. It's not, you know, yeah, it's not all about just sitting inside with a nice view. But in terms of building a brand, it's sort of really, you know, if you've had a beer there, you, you've got this picture of the stainless steel right on the water, and you, you know, because it's not just going to be a, a brew pub. They do have plans to have a, you know, wholesale business, um, and it, you know, it, it really gives it a sense of place and a sense of home. And uh, yeah, so I, I thought that was quite interesting. But then, yeah, then, then the beers. Um, Tom Champion um, is the uh, former brewer, little creatures. Former yep. little creatures, and uh, he was also in Little Creatures in Hong Kong. I think Singapore, Singapore or Hong Kong, Singapore. I think. Um, yeah, may have been Hong Kong most recently. I think is where he came back from. Yeah, and uh, so he was poached. Ash Cranston is the director of brewing, and uh, Ash Cranston, formerly of Little Creatures, um, and or Lincoln, Lion, yeah, Lion's, Lion, um, marketing, uh, uh, craft marketing, yeah, craft ambassador, sort of, and and very very astute. Yes. Very, very switched on in, in terms of, you know, getting the punter to the pint. Yeah. And when you look at the the team they put together, um, now Lincoln is the assistant brewer, and I'm trying to think of Lincoln's last name. He was Lincoln Gibbs. Wood. Lincoln Gibbs, ex-Stone and Wood. Stone and Wood, yeah. so assistant brewer. And, then and I, Dean I, Romeo. 
Dean Romeo. And Dean yeah. Romeo is looking after, I think, looking after the sort of hospitality side, and he sort of made his bones uh, again at uh, Creatures over in Frio, and then came over and uh, and opened up, set up the um, beer hall, Creatures Beer Hall in um, Geelong. Yep, yep. Uh, so, and, and then, I mean, even then, just uh, when you look at the bar staff, I walked in. And you may not know Jared Palou, um, but he was like one of the bar guys at the Scratch. Um, and then he uh, was repping for Moondog up here for 18 months. And he seemed to be the bar manager. So I walked in. So they, they've just got this, you know, like on all every level, they've just got really, really smart craft beer people. And uh, yeah, the, the beers, like they're not going to set any land speed records. And I almost felt a little bit sorry when I was sort of talking to Ash because, you know, there were a couple of beer bloggers and, um, you know, myself there, you know, that he was sort of talking to. And there was almost that note of apology that, oh, you know, we don't have, you know, Meepers and Sour IPAs and, you know, whatever. Um, Did they have a Brute IPA? No. I don't know if you've got, have you got <laughs> no, any opinions on those. No. Um, and, uh, yeah. More and, to come, and, listeners. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, no, there won't be. Um but yeah, and, and it was almost apologetic. When, when you try the beers, they've got a Heller style lager, they've got a pale ale, they've got an IPA, they've got a mid strength, um, which were the four um, launch beers. All of them just, you know, as you would say, you know, 10 overs, what, none, none for. 10 overs, none for 40, line and length. Do what they say length. on the 10. Yep. Um, which Just good, good, honest, hard working beers. Yeah, and, and, and this is a venue that will, you know, Everyone will go to like just no cross section. Yeah, you know, just a broad cross section, and the beers reflect that. Um, yeah, and but 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 beautifully made. Um, you know, so, so your, your craft beer snob maybe uh, you know turn his nose up at the fact that there isn't a NEPA or a, a, a brewed IPA or whatever, but they won't be able to complain about the quality of the beer and the view that goes with it. Yeah, and but the amenity overall, and just it's just the vibe. But I think if you're going to be the sort of craft beer snob that can't separate. You know, uh, a, a brewery that whose market is making edgy, um, you know, beers to, to go out to bars um, that are targeting people who want edgy uh, beers, and a venue that is a drawcard hospitality venue that is just making beers that people can just sit and really enjoy. Then, yeah. and if you're going to criticise them for that, you've just got your head up your ass. You should because you know, all the times I've been down there, Matt, you've got. Joggers and, and cyclists, you've got, um, I, I'm guessing it's fairly close to, um, you know, like tourists are going to be attracted there, your, your suits after work, it, it's going to be a great place on a, on a nice night, you know, maybe a Friday afternoon drink sort of thing, yep. um, and, and everyone in between. So yep. it's, it's going to be a destination as well as a, oh, what's down here? Yep. And, and sort of happen upon it kind of experience. Yeah, and, and the, 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 they are the sort of beers that if, you know, 20 years ago, there had have been breweries making these four or five beers, there wouldn't have been the same sort of explosion of demand for diversity that kicked off the craft beer revolution, you know, because everything was so monoculture that, you know, we've talked about this before, Prof, that, you know, we just wanted better beer. Like it wasn't craft beer, it wasn't uh, a, a vibe. If, if the bigger brewers had made better beers, there probably wouldn't have been the, the same rush to an excitement around craft beer because we would have always had um, something no, good. Yeah. Um, yep, and yep. yeah, so so it, was, yeah. it wasn't so much what we were looking for. It was we we knew what we had wasn't what we you know what we just wanted something different. Yeah, wanted some, something that wasn't the same. Yeah, normally we wouldn't go into, but this isn't just a brewery, and normally we wouldn't go so big into a uh, a brewery. But it's it really is going to be a 
culturally significant stop on the Brisbane map. Um, and, and hopefully made a, a blueprint for other similar areas that are perhaps looking to regenerate, a, you know, like you say, an old industrial area or, or an unused or underutilised area. Um, and it's great to see, you know, because having – the thing I noticed about the states was how many breweries are boom right in your in your you know your CBD or your downtown or or that sort of thing, which is, is I think the thing that we kind of miss here in in Australia. We sort of have them in you know the the inner suburbs or or the regional areas, um, some in the sort of outer urban areas, but um, but not in that you know right in your right in the the guts of where you live and work. Yeah, yeah. So a nice blueprint. Anyway, we we need to move. Before we run out of time, because uh, we've got a little bit of mailbag to get through, was there any other stories you needed to? Uh, I, I was just going to talk about the. Um, I did a tasting last night with uh, Maddie Wilson from Seven Mile in Ballina. That is a definite on our. When I get you up here, we'll catch up with Tom Champion and Ash Cranston and uh, Dean Romeo. Uh, we'll sort of do a podcast down by the river, but we'll also, I'll drive you down to Ballina and uh, we'll go check out because it's talking about breweries that are really changing their landscape. First brewery to open in uh, Ballina and he is just the most, you know, awesome dude. Um, but, you know, yeah, just Brisbane to Ballina, how long am I going to have to put up with them? Sorry, how, <laughs> for, for, for how long will I enjoy your company on that particular... Road trip. Uh, about two and a half hours. Oh, okay. But th- think of it this way. We can sort of clip some mics to our lapels and we can just sort of, you know, road tripping with Matt and Pete. and uh, it, it, <laughs> Radio it, Brews News Carpool Karaoke. And, yeah, and, and, we'll, but we'll, and because it's, we've got to fill in the two and a half hours, you, you and I can just uh, chat for two and a half hours and we'll just sort of call it a cookless uh, podcast. <laughs> All right, done. So anyway, yeah, so, so Ballina. You did a tasting down there and... No, 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 no. He came up to Hellsby's. I do a weekly oh, um, tasting at Hellsby's uh, um, at the Pineapple Hotel and uh, he was our meet the brewer and it's, it, it's a little bit like a beer as a conversation um, where just sit there for two hours, talk about his background, his story, his motivation and then present four beers and he talks us through the beers. And, uh, you know, we had 25, 26 people in just sort of listening to him tell a story and just absolute dude, passionate the sort of guests that we love on the podcast because there was absolutely no, you know, artifice, no spin. Pretense. <laughs> yeah, he just sort of yeah. told stories that uh, would have been awesome to have uh, captured. But, um, yeah, unfortunately we didn't. But uh, No, we, we shall go down and capture them. And great beers too. Really, really good beers. I Not a new thing. And this episode is kind of turning out to, you know, places that Pete and Matt have been this week. But um, I managed to catch up or meet uh, a friend of a friend, a mutual friend, uh, and his two mates who are over from Tokyo. And they'd come over for the Spartan race up at Bright. Uh, so they enjoyed the uh, the wonders of Bright. They're from a group called the, the Tokyo Beer Boys, which is just kind of like you know Australian craft beer crew. It's like a, just a group of of, of, of like minded guys who just who who love their beer. So I said, right, I'll, I'll take you out. So we went to we we took them to lunch at, at Stomping Ground, and they were just absolutely blown away. This it could, this is just nothing like what they can get uh, over there. Um, absolutely love the beers. Uh, Asher and Justin Joyner uh, were lovely enough to and generous enough to show us around and, and give the guys a tour and a tasting and all that sort of thing. From there, we went to the Crafting Co., which you were at a couple of weeks ago, Matt. I was. Uh, yeah, and that was just, again, next level, you know. Um, and I'll kind of make some notes about the, the things that uh, that the guys, the observations that they made about, I guess, some of the things that we really should be more proud of but, but are probably unaware uh, of being, you know, such a good – 
element. Um, just in terms of you know beer styles, in terms of marketing, in terms of branding, in terms of packaging, uh, that these guys were sort of noting. And we finished off at um, uh, at the incubator um, at Fixation, uh, and happened to happened to bump into uh, Ross Jurisic was was down there, and um, was kind enough to to shout the bo- the boys um, their beers, and they had an absolute ball. They went away with you know a thousand dollars worth of merchandise. They bought t-shirts and takeaways and all sorts of stuff from there. But um, but yeah. Shout out to to those guys because it's 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 those sorts of people that are really, I guess, um, you know, putting this craft beer community on the map. Exactly. So yeah, no, nice one. Let's dive into the mailbag, shall we? Prof, I've got one for you first. Um, oh, okay. Just a little one because um, this week this week's beer is a conversation was a podcast that you recorded uh, at Hawkers uh, at Hawkers and it was about Hawkers and Liberty and. Uh, just had a message sent through via Facebook. Uh, Chris, uh, I, I, th- I think this is how you pronounce it, L- Lukianenko, um, but the Luchinko? beer healer. Chris Luchinko? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah under the beer healer, that's healer with a H-E-A-L-E-R. L-E-R, um, yep. Who also does a podcast. He does a podcast and video. Um, go see him. Um, did, did he feature Dermot and Morda recently or... No, he, he, he did an interview with Zoe after that. That's right. Nice of her. Hey, with Zoe, that's right, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Zoe couldn't come on our podcast. Because Oh, no, I'm a bit busy that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Special guest on the beer oh, heel. Not quite, but as she said, he records at a different time to us. Um, but, you know, Chris uh, just chipped in on the Facebook page. Hey, guys, just wanted to say the Hawker's Liberty episode this week was awesome. Cheers, Chris. And uh, so I had to, you know, because that was you. Um, you sat down uh, and, and I listened to a prof and it was a great, great chat. I need to let you off the leash a little bit more. Yeah, I was a little bit worried, it's fair to say. Um, three guys with fairly big opinions and, um, uh, I, yeah, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. But, yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity. And um, just the story behind, you know, because you sort of think, oh, you know, there's all these, you know, business meetings and get your people to speak to my people and we'll do lunch and let's see if we can, you know, organise a business side of things that we can brew your beer or do collabs or whatever. No, it's just kind of like, yeah, accidentally get, you know, together over a couple of beers and the next thing you know you you know you've got this a great opportunity to get uh so for the listeners who don't know apparently the the tasman uh is is one of the most expensive you know sort of uh, for distance traveled it's it's a pretty expensive way to get your beer um from one place to another so new zealand to to australia is is actually quite um prohibitive um in terms of you know getting getting beer from from one side to the other uh so this is a great way to a get it so much fresher, but also just to engage the two um, the two communities, I guess, which was pretty good. Thanks for that, Prof. I, I think I flagged last week, Prof, that there may have been uh, some people looking at maybe getting a little bit of uh, radio brews. Oh, you've well. accused me of teasing. That was you were teasing last week. I, I didn't even know about this. I was, but uh, yeah, they they've actually come on, and so uh, I got a letter, sort of as mentioned in an earlier podcast. Uh, I met with a couple of guys recently who showed some interest in sponsoring our podcast, and I'm happy to say that they have agreed to come on board. Now that was <laughs> the, 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 the script that uh, I was provided. It sounds like you're reading that off a script, Matt. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was awesome. So, uh, uh, Rattling's Labels, I can actually say who they are now. So, you know, as I said, why would you uh, buy the cow if you get the milk for free? Um, Rattling's Labels, stickers and packaging based in Brisbane. Brad and Paul are the owners. They've set up their business doing uh, labels for the beer industry, amongst other things. And, you know, they, they identified a need that, you know, if you're getting cans printed, um, 
you need you know, there's minimum orders, you know, sixty, eighty thousand, which for a small little brewery, uh, you know, and a lot of small little breweries can't even afford to uh, sponsor us. Um, which well, particularly if, it, if it's not your core range, if you just yeah. want to do a, you know, like a, a limited release or a, you know, a seasonal, yeah, geez, we might actually we don't we can't actually brew eighty thousand cans, let alone you know having to get them printed. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and it was such small runs that uh, these guys were at um, BrewCon and they were giving away beer cans, um, you know, with, with the uh, pull, the complete pull-off lid um, with jerky in them. And I thought, gee, that's not a bad idea. That would go really nicely as a uh, Christmas gift. So I'm uh, looking into getting them to cost some up for me because I just want to do a very small run of a couple of hundred um, jerky so they cans. Do, they, do, do Relling supply cans as well or is it just uh, labels, stickers and... and- Print you had, stuff. You had to ask me that, Prof. But what? What? I can't we'll, answer we'll get that. that. We can get that. No. I, well, I can't answer that. But you know who can? But, well, how will I ever find out, Matt? <laughs> you would call Rallings uh, Labels and Stickers and Packaging on one three hundred eight five two two three five, and I'll actually hey, put hang that. Hang on. In what was that number again, Matt? <laughs> well, people are mashing in or they're listening on the train, so we won't uh, read it again. But uh, just let me say that they're doing some really cool stuff. I don't know if you remember the old. Um, when cans first started becoming a thing, um, some of the shrink label oh, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so less these, said, less said the better. Yeah, so so these when I first saw them, it actually looks like it is because you can get a matte finish, and it actually looks like it is a um, uh, part of the can, like printed, a printed, printed can. can. And and uh, yeah. I think one of the breweries that they're working with, I probably can't. They, this might have been said in confidence, but there is a brewery that. Um, has a black label and so rather than have the black label and then having the rest of the can look silver you can actually get black cans and so the black label just sort of makes it all look uh, very very seamless so well i don't know if they're uh, apropos of nothing at all except that hobart brewing co have black cans that then has the the black label around it when i saw them down at the embassy bar down in um devonport launceston launceston devonport somewhere down there um they were, I thought they were fully printed. And that he was, you know, like four or five different cans. It wasn't until I got the can out and realised, ah, that's, that was almost seamless. So it can be done well with oh, black and, can. And, and, and these, again, they're sponsors. But as, as, I, as I think listeners know, that we're not just going to stick some money in our back pocket and uh, shill for stuff that's uh, not good. Um, and uh, these look great. So anyway, if you are in the brewing industry, if you're looking at getting into the brewing industry, if you just want some canned uh, jerky, um, like I do, um, give the guys at Rallings Labels a call and uh, you can find a link to them in the show notes. And most importantly, I think our yeah, well, media kit says you get a 30-second ad read and we've already gone on for four minutes. So uh, tell you what, you but get value. Thank you for coming on board. Well, they've just joined us. We want to, you know, if we can't powder their agates on the first you know, date. Well, meanwhile, what good are we? Meanwhile, because if you guys if you guys stuff up deluxe, we're going to throw you under the bus. Don't worry about that. Cry, yeah, oh, don't don't we have fun for that? Um, but Cry Malt, which has been sponsoring us for years, gets a little line us up, and thanks to Cry Malt. So actually, yeah. So um, but g'day, no, David, g'day, Steph. Lovely, we'd lo- lovely. We'd actually, love I do them. have a I do have a um. Ad read because I've been chasing. So good are our sponsors that I actually asked Crime Alt, look, are you sure you don't want us to say any more about you? And uh, so sucky as we is doing it. Um, I have never actually given it to you for us to read out at the start of the podcast. So, um, flick it to me in an email. I'll do it for next week. I'll do that. No, I've got, I've got it here. Yeah. 
This is great because it kind of feels like, like everyone loves us. Well, it, well, but it, do it does. They, Matt? But we are the number thirty-one podcast in the country. So, yeah. um, but with over twenty-five years in the field, Crime Malt have been have been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts. Your premium brewing partner and proud supporters of Brews News. And uh, actually, I, I love seeing when David's out visiting, um, like a, a barley grower, because I've always said that David Cryer is outstanding in his field. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Rallying's Label. Thank you, Cry Malt. And uh, thank you, Tribe, who are our other great sponsor. Still getting over that crap gag. <laughs> oh, shout out, shout out to Ben Krause, too. Um, filming up uh, in the high country. And uh, it's it fair to say we were, going, we were going tit for tat. We were going toe to toe, um, just, just, just riffing and uh, hanging shit on each other. And I was wearing my um, Hops and Brett and Novelty and... What is it? Hops, Hops, Brett, Novelty. You know the one, the Bruce News sticker, the, the Bruce News T-shirt. Hops and Brett and Novelty and Hype. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Ben suggested, oh, Prof, you, you, you really should get one that's um, bad jokes, dad gags, segues and puns. <laughs> where, where did that come from? And, uh, yeah, it, well, I'd, I'd hate to think what mine well, would. I bloody well will. Listeners. I wonder if I wonder if wonder if Rowling's label stickers and packaging do, do t-shirts. Um, stickers they don't. That we get on t-shirts. Yeah, but no, but we'll actually. Uh, I'll, I'll get you one done up, and uh, listeners, uh, what should mine be? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are... Perhaps we could ask. Perhaps we could delve into t- this week's mailbag and get some ideas. Dear gents, I've been drinking beer since the '90s, but only been drinking good beer for a couple of years, and have been an avid beer cast listener for an even shorter time. I got into Brews News after hearing the guys from Ale of a Time talk about Matt's opinion on brute IPAs, or more specifically, the use of the enzyme. As a Queenslander, I was torn between my parochial need to back a fellow Maroon <laughs> and my instant displeasure at Matt's take on a beer style I'd fallen in love with. After my Initial, this bloke's got a lot to say. Opinion on Matt, I've since come to appreciate the way he doesn't hesitate to ask the tougher questions and put people on the spot. It's good to listen to, though I reckon it'd be more fun to listen to his questions than be asked them sometimes. <laughs> what is it with all your brute IPA bashing? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for the letter. And, you know, like, I really appreciated um, however he came to listen to us. It was a really nice thing to say. And, you know. Um... And this is uh, uh, Steve, Steve Duval. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I just wanted to say, yeah, uh, you know, of all the things that have been said about me, um, I actually take that as like a, a, a really nice compliment that because, you know, if, if people don't want to answer the questions, then hopefully I'm asking the right ones. Um, now, now did, did Detective Inspector Kierkegaard um, delve into the genesis of that particular, like did you, were you able to track down evidence of, of what you'd said? Um, well, yeah. Look, I was naturally curious. Um, oh, sorry. What was said about you? Well, I was Isn't naturally. That what you said. Yeah, you say it all the time. Apparently. <laughs> well, I was naturally curious um, about because I, I, you know, I, I listened to the Oliver Time podcast and nothing registered. Um, you know, because I really like their take on on uh, you know all of the things they cover, which is why we um, get Luke on the the podcast. Um, you know, at least once a year to sort of give us the you know a different take on. Than, than you and I possibly have. And, and so I was very surprised to hear this. I think, well, hold on, where, where did this come from? I missed, I obviously missed it. Um, but apparently it was another podcast, um, Mashed In podcast. Um, uh, that, that Luke and Dave were guests were, on. Were on, yeah. And, okay, uh, now, so hence, hence the confusion. Yeah, so it so wasn't on Ale of, of a Time on their podcast, didn't they? Yeah, were so guests don't go, on don't go back podcast. listening to their back catalogue to yep. try and find out where they 
Yeah, yep. expanded on Matt. Go yeah, on. Yeah. So, so apparently it's episode two of Mashed In. Um, and so go, well, go listen to the whole, um, I think it's, there, uh, yeah, there, there's, it's, it's on the channel, Mashed In. And I was listening and, uh, yeah, look, it, and I'm, I'm a little bit tied, Prof, um, because on the one hand... Tied or torn? Uh, torn about, you know, look, go listen to the podcast because there was, a, I think it's fair to say that there was a little bit of shade thrown um, in my direction. Um, but the, the Shade irony, thrown? Really, Matt? Yeah. You're not saying that with your grey cardigan on again, are you? No. I, what no, does God. that mean? No. What, what does shade throwing mean? Well, that, that's what little kids say when you know, when you sort of don't actually come out and insult somebody, but you sort of say some things in a way that you know, like you sort of intimate that there's some negativity or you know, throw some negativity. Oh, okay, so like know, a in a very oblique way. No, 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 not, not at all. Just but, so but throw some shade. shade. Yes. Throw some shade. All right. I'm just going mm. to put that in my lexicon. But about all, and it all stems from the the, the the chat that we had about um, brute IPA that I don't want to go back into because one of the things that was suggested was that we'd done 20 episodes on Brute IPA when when we did. It was because I wrote an article about it and there just seemed to be some lingering confusion about what I was trying to say and me being me, I over-explained myself. And uh, so now uh-huh. I'm in a position of, well, and there was a suggestion made that we talked about it for 20, for, for 20 episodes. And now I'm in the position of thinking, well, you've also completely misrepresented what I said and the way that I said it. But now if I say it again... I've the only way you proved can, uh, your point. Yeah. Ironically, so, the only way that you can dispute, d- dispute the point or refute their argument is by mentioning brute IPAs. Yeah, um, but yeah, so, so it was quite interesting. But uh, and one of the funny things was that there was some suggestion that I had misquoted Scott from Wolf of the Willows, um, or that I'd badgered him or pushed him to say certain things. And there was, you know, some suggestion that I kept referring to the things that he said. Um, and that, you know, why don't I publish the interview that I did? Because I'd be really interested to hear it. And there was a very good reason that I didn't publish it was because we had a chat and Scott was birthday shopping. It was a half hour phone call while he was wandering the toy section of his local uh, toy store as a birthday present for his child. And it was a five minute portion of a half hour chat that we spoke about a whole lot of stuff that was, you know, just industry chat that wasn't relevant and uh scott actually texted me the day that the article wrote and so said you know really pleased with the article and how i represented it so there didn't seem to be any con- controversy but there was some suggestion that i'd misquoted him or i'd badgered him or sort of done something so um long story short nothing to see here go listen to the podcast um, short story long well whatever um it's as long as the mashed in podcast do they have a cook limit by the way uh, I'm gathering uh, not because it goes... Was the episode that you listened to two hours? It was around about two hours, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Sean, lift your game, champ. Nobody, ain't nobody got two hours. Again, having said that, I, I, look, I, I don't know Sean. I know um, Kill Sprocket, uh, which is his brewery, um, but uh, given that he's heard me talk about brewed IPAs for 20 episodes, he <laughs> seems to be a listener, which is awesome. Um, That's good. And, Thanks yeah, for listening, Sean. And, and, but I'd, I'd love to have a chat. Um, so rather than you know, keep the, you know, sort of, uh, I'd, I'd love to have a, a chat about brewed IPAs or kill a sprocket and, and all things there. Um, so, um, but I, I actually don't have, even have his email. So do you know Sean? I do. If, if, if Sean's listening, um, please shoot us contact details. We'd love to have a chat and uh, get you on the podcast. Or maybe even... Send you, send you a bar blade. Actually, no, um, um, we, we've got a few questions. That as we're all our listeners get, as, long, uh, as well as a, uh, a lovely six-pack for the letter of the week. Yes. From yes. our good friends at Beer Cartel. Um, but yes, so now I don't know whether that whole thing is going to spark a whole other um, 
back oh, probably. on podcast, but uh, I'd be keen probs. to actually rather talk about tote, it. Tote probs. Um, do you want me to? Yeah, keep, keep um, going with the letter. Keep going was, with Steve's, yep. Steve's letter. Uh, so uh, he got off the track there, uh, as did we. A couple of questions that I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on. Question. I heard Hendo on the beer hill. Are we a, like a you know, walking ad for the, the beer healer now. <laughs> I heard Hendo on the beer healer interviews and he was talking about how in Japan the drinking but culture is very But you heard him different. here first, ladies That's and right. gentlemen. That's right. He kind of summed it up in one statement, which is uh, act like an adult, get treated like an adult. I've heard this about other countries as well. I heard Nozzy ask a Belgian guy, I think, you can drink in the street. Aren't you worried about people getting drunk and getting into fights? To which the Belgian replied, why would people fight when drinking? We drink to stop from wanting to fight. <laughs> uh, old question, but always interested to hear people's opinion on it. What is so different here with the way we consume alcohol or the way we behave when consuming alcohol? Good, great question, Steve, and one that we will look into. Yeah. Uh, perhaps get some guests on to get their thoughts. Mm. L- looking how far we've, how long we've gone into the um, Cook Limit, we, we might hold the actual answers over to speak with her. Because I, I think that's actually something that we, we could shall. speak to another guest about. Because, yeah. uh, so it's not just And the second opinions. part of his question was, I've reached a stage in my, uh, air quotes, beer wankery where I can really enjoy a beer. But if it doesn't sit within the style guidelines, I have to mention that when people ask what I thought of it. Uh, I feel like the more you know, the less you enjoy. How do I stop overthinking beer and just enjoy it? Matt, how do you stop overthinking stuff? <laughs> What's the secret? Well, Your we... answer, if I ever find out, Rob, I'll tell you. Uh, long-winded, yes, I am. But if you have any interest in responding, I'd be keen to hear it. Thanks for producing the most informative beer show on the airwaves. You keep me entertained on my long drives to and from work. Thanks very much, Steve. So, I reckon, I don't know, look, you know, it's not my place to judge, but I reckon a six-pack from Beer Cartel might be uh, heading his way, along with the Barblade. Absolutely. Well, the, the Barblade and the uh, Brews News Gingerbread by uh, Deb Bakes, Deb, Deb Blue Bakes, is um, winging its way to him already, and uh, we will be forwarding his address to the, our good friends at Beer Cartel to send you a mixed six-pack of beers that hopefully you won't overthink. You'll just enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to be just, you know, drinking your beers and then all of a sudden the bintang effect kicks in. And Anyway, one more letter from Anthony Bennett. A really quick one because it's just a one-liner. Love the site and podcast. Just listening to your latest podcast and would love a chance to catch up at your Christmas celebration in Melbourne. Let me know the details and I'll try to get there and buy you guys a beer. And that's from Anthony Bennett, um, who is the managing director of the Indie Beer Hub. Thanks, Anthony. There you go. And uh, yeah, the Indie Beer Hub uh, is something that we're looking at doing, it's quite, quite apart from um, the, that, that letter, because it was only after that that uh, Megan was looking at doing a story. So I want to find out more about what the Indie Beer Hub is, because it sounds yeah. quite interesting. But, uh, but uh, very quickly before we do go, Prof, and at risk of uh, dragging this out, um, have been making inquiries for our show um, in the week of the 4th, 5th, 6th of November. It'd be December, wouldn't it? Because that'd be oh, last... December. De- yeah, December. Sorry. Weeks um, yeah. Because and that'll be just leading up to our two hundredth show. Um, so, Craft uh, and Co um, has an f- amazing function space upstairs. Couldn't upstairs. Get yes. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, oh, we couldn't get it. They couldn't get it. So, uh, my, my, today on my to do list is contacting the guys at the local tap house. What? How is Melbourne? Um, how, how are Melbourneites about travelling, Prof? Because would people go to St Kilda um, to come and listen to us record or should we look at somewhere a little bit more central? 
But I was thinking Wilfred's room up at the uh, tap house would be ideal. Wilfred's room would be lovely. It'd be perfect. But do people travel? Look, we're we're going to record anyway. If it's, you, if it's you and I and, you know, one bloke and his dog sitting there drinking beers, well, so be it. But I think I think we get a, a, a few in. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I was actually going to get um, Luke and Dave uh, from Mail of the Time, invite them along, um, because Luke generally brings out his, uh, you know, musings on and predictions. His for best, the, of, best of, yeah. Yeah, for, for the year to come. And that's basically, it'll be a 200th episode. Um, so, I, I, well, they, they've said that they don't listen, but I'll... Are we doing like a, is this like a Law and Order crossover episode? Or, oh, it, uh, it could be. And uh, I'd also get um, Sean Ryan, because he's Melbourne-based, so... Uh, yep. I don't, and, and then maybe wanted, I wanted to get Muzzin. He's always good value um, to sort of talk about. Uh, you've just you've just filled the room. All right, no, <laughs> no, we might have to move out of Wilford's room and into the uh, out onto the terrace. And I'm actually wondering whether because Greg Cook is in town on the fourth, and I don't think I'm going to quite get down there on the fourth. But I'll flick him an email. No, 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 no kidding aside, like no, 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 no bagging yeah. aside. But it would be an awesome, you know, again, it would be an awesome chat. Um, so yeah, so um, and anyone else? I don't think we got Watch any. Watch your emails. space, listeners. And if you yeah, if you've got suggestions on on who you'd like to see on the uh, on the as a special guest or on the panel, and perhaps we just pluck them out of the crowd, speak to them for five minutes, then get somebody else up. Yep, perfect. Because we won't have enough microphones to do you know cannabis. Thanks very much, listeners. Thanks. Um, get out there, drink local, um, drink better, drink well, and look after each other. Take care. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Prof. See you next week. And we're out.